0: Welcome back to the Cinema Dirtbags. I'm here with my two beautiful co-hosts,
1: Stephen King and beautiful Rick,
0: and I'm Scott Decker. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to mix it up a little bit, take some uh, questions, go over uh, what we've been watching, and in a new segment, talk about the news. What's going on? What's coming? What's right around the corner?
2: You know, there's a lot of stuff coming up and uh, it be a lot of fun to kind of maybe get our, uh, get our takes on it. So first up on the list,
1: Rick, what do we got? So right down the pipeline here we got coming out shortly uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And it's gonna be a battle from what you see in the teasers and, and when does the full trailer drop? In a week, I believe, or a couple days. It's tomorrow actually. Tomorrow. Drops
2: tomorrow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, by the time you listen to this, you'll have known that there's a giant ape
1: fighting a giant lizard, and it's gonna be dope. And yeah. what more could you want for that? That is an IMAX, that's the you know, the Screen X, whatever you know, your big budget. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fight. That's but, not one you watch on your fucking
0: phone. <laughs> to quote David Lynch, you're not going to do it. You're going to want to. You want to see this boy on the biggest screen around. The two big boys on the big screen. That's I'm getting be fun.
2: increasingly excited for this. I was excited at the beginning, and then seeing the poster that came out, it is beautiful. Just. So much color, and and you got Zilla cutting through the water like a shark, right? King Kong, who has grown substantially, by the yeah, way. They, they, they roided him up.
0: They roided him up for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. But this is the neon movie that will actually <laughs> follow through. This is not Wonder Woman 84. Like, even the last one, which was okay, the last Zilla movie was very color filled. Like, it was. Like an acid trip watching that thing you had flying uh butterflies and all kinds of reptile monsters, three-headed dragons, and it was a lot more color than Wonder Woman 1984. Let me tell you that going in one last time on a not good movie <laughs> <laughs> so
1: let's go ahead and call our shots then that's good yeah, who wins? Let's just say who are you pulling for first oh you do, can't you, do you do that. have like a I'm do you pulling, have a favorite I guess yeah I'm pulling for Godzilla. And I think he gets the job done. Kong, Kong's got the muscle. He's got the he's got the thumbs. That's a big advantage. You know, that's a big advantage. <laughs> Probably has the the edge in strength. But I think the atomic breath, atomic breath, baby, is eventually gonna kill the ape.
0: I don't think anybody's getting killed. I think like when it says one will fall, I think, think one, they're literally just going to fall over gonna and they're going to fall over and be like, well, we did what we said. <laughs> I mean, one might TKO, one might get knocked out, but nobody's dying. Cause they got to have Kongzilla too, baby. Like, I mean, this this is the fight that's been going on for what? 50, 60 years now. So it's not going to stop anytime soon. But right. I, I got to go with Zilla, too. Old, old school Zilla boy. I do love my Z-boy. But, I mean, that last Kong was dope, too. So, like, I'd be happy either way, as, lo- as long as it's fun.
2: I'm with you. I, I do love some Godzilla. But I, I'm I'm pulling for Kong. And I only because... Underdog. He's the underdog. He's going to have to do something creative to beat Godzilla. I was going to point out. I saw a tweet. I don't know how old this thing was, but it's really interesting. There was a photo of a toy that's coming out for this movie. And... In, and I think there might have been some imagery of, of yeah. Kong with his axe. Well, in the toy, the, the head of the axe is actually one of Kong or one of uh, Zilla's dorsal spikes. So it'll be really interesting to see if that fleshes out the way that that looks like it will. But he's got to have to get crafty, he's, he's going to have, have to pull some strings. He's got to do what he's got to do. He's not able to shoot, le- you know, lightning breath.
0: Yeah, but I mean, let's get to the performance enhancers of it all. We got to check. Like, you got it, yeah. We definitely. I mean, yeah. before the big fight, we got to check this guy's like blood he, alcohol content. The whole rocky, business. Four vibes. He yeah. jumped like three weight classes to get into this fight, yeah. and if, he did it real. There's fast.
2: an Ivan Drago. It's <laughs> well, calm. I said it
0: was quick. It? it was like the 50s, right? Sixty. When was the uh, the first one? Was in NOM, or NOM times? Sixty, right? 60 like 60s, like yeah. yeah. So
2: he's he's had some
0: time to grow. Yeah, but I mean. But you, you got to test him you got to go th- you got to yeah Yeah.
2: be thorough with the <laughs>
0: protocol <laughs> so uh the next movie on the list uh, I had no idea this was even coming out Steven will you tell us about the night the night this
2: one has me super excited. Um, it's out this weekend, uh, 29th. Um, the theatrical release theatrical release looks super limited, but um, it seems like it's going to be streaming most places. This is a psychological thriller. Um, synopsis: Basically, it's just a, after a night out with friends, you got a, a exhausted married, married couple. They have a baby with them. They roll back to um, to hunker down for the night in the Hotel Normandy. And throughout this seemingly endless night, there's mysterious disturbances that completely ruin this couple's rest, and they keep waking up, and there's just increasingly horrific things happening inside this hotel, and you come to find out that they are locked in this hotel with this malevolent force that's just hungry for the secrets that they've been keeping from each other. So even on the website of this movie, it it, it states straight up that they're following in The Shining's footsteps. So they're they're big steps to follow, but they're good ones to follow, so... I'm I'm excited. This actually this this is the first United States produced movie to receive license for theatrical release in Iran since uh, the revolution, and so that's exciting stuff. That's that's a big thing.
0: I did not know what I was getting myself into when I hit play on this, but I'm glad I did. It looks very very fun. It looks maybe not jump scary, but it looks like it's going to kind of mess you up. It's like tight. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks very well done.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm excited for that. When do you say it's coming out? This weekend, the 29th.
1: Holy. Yeah, I got some like grudge vibes from it. Just with the dads, you know, the quick, they cut to the kid and uh-huh. jumps out of the screen, you know, real quick. Uh, that stuff creeps me out. So, yeah, I, I caught the trailer earlier. It's going to be something. I'm
2: excited.
0: The last, uh, last thing on our uh, news list. So, what's coming? Uh, the Little Things. Have you guys seen the preview for this bad boy? Yes, sir. What do you think about it, Rick? I have not seen Damn it! <laughs> I was Well, uh, let's just cut that in post. And uh, <laughs> Stephen, what do you think about the little things?
2: I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it, Denzel. You know, I, I he delivers. You know, he's a great cop. I'm excited to see him in this role. Um, I sort of got a little um, Morgan Freeman from Seven vibes from him. The way he's kind of. In the role he's embodying, this this kind of old school cop, and um, working with um, like a younger Rami Mal- Malik, I believe, yeah. is how you say the last name, um, going up against a what appears to be a very creepy Jared Leto, which I am not sure if it takes any acting.
0: Surprise, surprise! <laughs> All right, so I am real apprehensive, Stephen. Real apprehensive. Love me some Denzel, but I am not a fan of Mister Rami Malik or Jared Leto. I think they have their talents, but I think they're creepy dudes. That's really what it comes down to. Real worried, real, real worried for my beloved James Bond and Daniel Craig's exit of the uh, franchise because they give the villain role to Rami Malek on the most important stage of all, which
1: scares me. Got to be honest. I mean, by the time the film actually comes out, why we don't can always you shut it? your
0: whore mouth? <laughs>
1: Because you're never gonna
0: get to see that movie. uh, Was it October this year? Now it just got bumped again. Killing me, man. Like by the time it gets out, Daniel Craig's gonna be retired. He's (laughs) he's gonna be on his fifteenth Knives Out movie. Little things, though. I I like me like a serial killer movie done well. It it doesn't look terrible, but man, I don't know. These guys are just always creepy to me, and especially since in the trailer they're like Jared Leto's the bad guy, right? Yeah, it seems to be that way. Yeah, it it definitely seems to be that way. And he's like, I'm going to get away with it. he's, you know, sending dead rats and semen to people in the mail. (laughs) So
2: I'll probably see it. What do you say? How much rooms in the trunk? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) So I I, I really, I think Denzel can carry it. Like I said, I don't hate the guys, but they're just weird. Weird guys. Malik
1: definitely has a face. He's got that, like, got that chiseled jawline. What's that character from... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so you got morbius uh and uh
0: freddie mercury versus the equalizer like it's a weird it's a weird tone weird tone the crimson
1: chin is what i was referring to from <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that that's a that deep it was a very there. important ad to the dirtbag cast
0: oh, okay crimson chin
2: <laughs> Well, that also drops this weekend, though the 29th. and that has a much wider theatrical theatrical
0: release. There's so, a crimson
2: chin movie coming. No, out? No, 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 the little things.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> Rick. Before we go completely off uh, the rails, what have you been watching recently?
1: Yeah, so I uh, rewatched this film for the first time uh, actually this morning, and I'd be surprised if Scott you hadn't seen it because it's got your boy, Hugh Jackman in it. Huge Jackman. I don't know how much you love the huge Jackman? What are we talking? Um, 2013's uh, prisoners. Ooh. Have you seen it,
2: Stephen? Uh, that was unfortunately it was one that I missed back in the day, and I, I remember it coming out, and I remember being excited for it. I honestly couldn't tell you why I missed it, but that's one I got
1: to get caught up on. Okay. Yeah, you can find it on Hulu right now. It's it's streaming on Hulu. Uh, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong here. The film, I mean, it's essentially an exercise in how far you would be willing to go Absolutely. to protect a loved one, right? So, Keller, Dave, Keller Dover, played by Hugh Jackman, uh, and his family, the Dover family, they're going over across the street to their neighbors for Thanksgiving dinner. They have a daughter about <coughs> seven years old. They're going over to the Birch family's house, who also have a daughter of a similar age. After the dinner, they need to go, the daughter asks if they could go across the street to grab something from their house, and they end up. Getting kidnapped, yeah. So they report a um a, a suspicious looking RV in the neighborhood um, that was there before the kidnapping, and obviously wasn't parked there by the time they realized what had happened. And so Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Detective Loki, he's assigned to the case. A little bit later on in the movie, they find that RV in a gas station with the driver in it. Uh, tries to run away, doesn't work. They bring him. They end up handcuffing him, bringing him in for questions. And you could tell right off the bat that there's something not right with this guy. He's not really talking all that much. He you know, he doesn't have a lot to say, which, you know, you're a suspect, you get that, but they can't get any information out of him for 48 hours. And after that, they had to release him. Keller finds out about this, takes matters into his own hands and ends up kidnapping this guy. And from there on, there's a couple brutal scenes of torture. It's, it's pretty heavy to watch and there's a lot more to the film than that. I wish I could go a little bit deeper into spoilers, but I I'm gonna kind of cut it off there. Uh, what I will say is there are some fantastic performances. My personal favorite acting job from Hugh Jackman. I thought he was incredible. Wow. There's a yeah. scene. <clears throat> there's a scene where he's in a cop car with um, Detective Loki. And it's been six days since the kidnapping. He's he's restless. He's frustrated that it's been almost a week and the police haven't come up with anything with his daughter. And he's just going berserk on this guy. And it's it, – it, I can't think of any other word than heavy. It's, it's, it's just heavy. Jake Gyllenhaal especially. He was incredible in this too. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. Yeah, I I watched this film when I was 23 years old. You know, I I didn't have a child at the time. I'm 31 now. I have a kid, and and in every scene, I'm picturing these two little girls as my son. And it's it it was honestly hard to watch at times because you just put yourself in these situations. And you know, to go back to, you know, what I said in the beginning, it's an exercise of how far would how far is the stopping point? Yeah, you know, are you willing to do whatever it takes to get your Get your child back. It's the worst. It's the, every parent's worst fear.
0: Wow. Um, well, I don't have any kids. And that movie hit me pretty hard, I'd say. Yeah. But obviously, uh, people with kids will get hit a little bit harder. I would agree. Jill uh, and Hall and Huge, they kill it. They're uh, at the top of their game right here. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd argue, like, Logan's up there. But if you're talking about raw performances, like, you can't beat prisoners. The direction. Every single thing about this movie. Killer. Absolutely killer. But, on a creepy segue, <laughs> you know I don't like uh, Jared Leto. Not a big fan of Rami Malek. Paul Dano, who plays the quote-unquote creep in this movie. He is oh, I have not liked him since there will be blood. And here's the thing. I know it's because he's doing his job. I know because he was supposed to be a creep in that movie. He's a creep in this movie. You know what? It's not a good uh it's not a good look on you, Paul. And uh,
1: <laughs> he's just one of these, typecast. He
0: typecast is a creep because he looks like a creep.
1: <laughs> but he's a good creep, right? No, he's he, he was another
0: fantastic if, if there even, was a movie with Paul Dano, Jared Leto and Rami Malek just called The Creep oh i wouldn't watch it i would not watch it
1: we would watch it we'd watch it and we would do a review on it
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh so apart from prisoners which is spectacular everybody should watch out what else do you watch Rick?
1: yeah um like i said prisoners real quick is on hulu you can catch it on hulu another thing i've been watching which it's pretty recent is wandavision oh yeah Uh, when i saw you know the initial trailers for this it's got that very I Love Lucy, yeah. Brady Bunch. You know, it's a very sitcom vibe. I didn't think that I would be interested at all, at all in this show. But it's Marvel. I'm kind of a nerd for that. So, of course, I had to catch it. You know, like I said, you could tell from the trailers and the early reviews that this is going to be different than anything Marvel's ever done before. And through three episodes, I can pretty well confirm that. Yeah, it. It's something that bugs me, I guess, about the show like I said, I, I didn't think I would dig the sitcom vibe. They got that studio audience, and I know they use it kind of as a prop for the storytelling. It's not, you know, it's not real, but I've always hated studio audiences. <laughs> don't don't prompt me when I need to laugh. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just me. Don't tell me when I need to laugh, guys. <laughs> but, yeah, the longer these episodes go on, you can tell that something's up here. It's, this is not... This not is not all. really the real yeah, yeah. The real show. And yeah, I'm gonna end it with that. That sounds really that sounds really interesting. I haven't I haven't torn into that yet either,
2: but
0: I've been waiting for a couple more episodes to drop yeah. down before I dive into it. I'm I'm excited. Like I feel like half the reviews are very much what you say. It's either love or hate. And I I can tell you're optimistic about it. It sounds real fun. If
2: anything, it's different, you know. Yeah,
0: and that's the point. They said that, I mean, originality-wise, like, Marvel keeps bringing the heat.
1: And there are, I think, a couple different storylines and and possible villains in this show that people have been asking for for quite a while that I think might reveal themselves. Very cool. And so, yeah, the fact that it's going to explore those. And, and, I mean, I, I love Elizabeth Olsen. That's my little baby. (laughs) So, uh. (laughs) Oh, Rick's getting in trouble after this episode. I've already told. Yeah. Paul Bettany's great. His vision is always. I wish he would have got more screen time in the movies. He's Um, great. But he gets, you know, he gets more of that comedic role. He's great in it. Uh, I don't want to go on too long about this. So, uh, One Division on Disney Plus. Check that out. Very cool.
0: All right. I got two real quick that I'll just blow through. Uh, Disenchanted. Ooh. On uh, Netflix, it's uh, Matt uh, Groening. Is that his name? The I cat so, who did uh, Simpsons and Futurama. Mm-hmm. His uh, third season of his new animated endeavor. Uh, I feel like it's pretty much Futurama with like medieval, like elves and robots and all kinds of wild stuff. Like he's on the pulse of what's going on. But for me, watching it, it's fun, light, breezy. I don't love it. But I also can't stop watching it. Like, there's nothing in the plot to carry me through. But I'm like, oh, it it visually looks better in season three. But I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on from scene to scene to scene. But it's like, oh yeah, I'll keep watching this. So I honestly, I told think, about one division. Yeah, like that's how Simpsons has gone on for fifty-seven years. Because yeah, in
2: ten years from now, you'll go back and be like, that's what's happening
0: right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> the memes are true. Yeah, yeah, this guy's a sorcerer, and he's just like, lol. I'm showing you this time through magic. And the other thing, which I will speak a little bit longer on because it deserves a lot more praise, is. The CBS all-access uh, Picard. Star oh. Trek Picard. Uh, for those of you who do not know, I am... You're a Trekkie? A moderate Trekkie. <laughs> I mean, so much of the fact uh, my mom got me into these things. I am named after a Star Trek character. And if you're going to go into uh, the Star Trek canon, you have the original series films, which are superior... But if you're going to go into which show is the best, most people are going to say The Next Generation, helmed by Patrick Stewart as... I was going to ask you if you were more of a
1: Stewart or Shatner guy. Oh,
0: that's not a fair question. <laughs> that's why I divvied it up at the beginning. I love me some Kirk
1: Okay. in the okay. films.
0: I love me some Picard in the show. So that's in this show, they have a uh, an aging uh, Admiral Picard and... It's really it's really well balanced. It's everything you want from a Next Generation episode. It's got your your heavy themes of social commentary of what's going on now. But it's also got kind of the slight JJ-ness of the new uh, Star Trek film. So it's got the new action. But the thing, the loving embrace of Patrick Stewart, every time they put a camera up to his face, whoever has that camera is just as happy to see Jean-Luc Picard on TV as I am. Cause, you know, he's the man. Like he's eighty now, still out there killing it. Patrick Stewart's the man. It's I gotta tell you, the last two or three episodes, Steven was texting me. I
2: uh, yeah, I was
0: wondering about I uh I, real man tears. <laughs> real man tears. Hey no and, shame. No shame. No shame. Uh it looks like they're gonna do that second season. Um I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like they could have nipped it in the bud after one had a really grand hurrah. But um, I'm I'm still going to watch it. I like it for uh, the fans of The Next Generation that haven't seen it yet or you're just a Trekkie altogether. Go ahead and check out Picard. It's uh, definitely worth your time.
1: So if you're not a Trekkie, like I, I've only have experience in the, the, the recent three films. If with- you have not seen
0: Trek and you just want to see like a fun science fiction romp with uh, – I mean, you're aware that he was a Starfleet captain, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. check it out. It's got its own storyline, but I wouldn't be you, completely you, lost. You would not be completely lost. The thing that they do fairly well in this is they have their uh, callbacks and their Easter eggs, but you can tell when they're happening. Okay. When other characters show up from the season, like everybody knows Data and stuff like that, you're gonna know when it's like, oh, this is from the original show. All right. It okay. is very well spoken. Very cool. One.
2: Steven? All right. Yeah. Well, I had a couple too I wanted to ch- talk about that I watched this week, and first up is from Severn Films, "Tales of the Uncanny." Their documentary that is a retrospective look at horror anthologies. It is. It was put together by Severn Films chief David Gregory and the House of Psychotic Women author Kira Janice. I believe. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm saying your last name wrong, because, well, House of Psychotic Women, you kind of. <laughs> kind of don't want to pronounce a name wrong, so uh, <laughs> for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but it is um, it is a, it's a it's a great documentary. I don't want to I don't want to talk too much on it, and I really don't want to talk about the films that are within it because that's really the joy in it is dis- you know discovering some of these these horror anthologies. You've got when this was started before COVID, and when yeah. COVID hit, they sort of leaned into Zoom. And ended up creating a really cool documentary where, you know, something that you could see some of the the interviews they did before COVID and then they just leaned into it and then interviewed so many more people that they than they could have before in person over Zoom. And they have a massive lineup of people that they talk to about this. I mean, uh, among them, you got Roger Corman, Eli Roth, Mick Garris, Tom Savini, Joe Dante, Rebecca McKendry. Brian Yuzna, they have a lineup that's just great, and they know what they're talking about. They got great in-depth conversations and and some really cool insights to these movies, and then it spans from like the dawn of the horror anthology film until now. So you get a wide breadth. You you you. I mean, I learned a lot about you know tons of horror anthologies that I didn't even know existed. And uh, at the very end, it's really cool. They do a little poll and they give their top five horror anthologies. And then they give their top five, kind of like desert island. If you had to take five segments from horror anthologies, and you have nothing else, you go to oh, desert island. It's a t- I can't imagine having to having to do that task of you know picking out scenes, but it's really really cool, really interesting, and and it's a must see if you're a horror fan.
0: Well, as you know, I have this. Yes. I've been uh, waiting to put it in the player. Um, so excited, just uh, because I, anthologies are a mixed bag. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes, even in the best ones, they're lulls. So I'm curious as to what they're saying. But when you tell me uh, Joe Dante mm-hmm. is in there, the the man when it comes to commenting on cinema for me. Like, this guy, he he knows his stuff. And if he's in there talking, telling me what to watch, I'll listen all day. Such a cool movie.
2: 100% recommend it. A lot to learn there. Second up for me this week... Was Alphabet City from 1984, directed by Amos Poe? This was um, Fun City Editions' first release. It's a it's kind of a newer label. They're putting out a really cool Blu-rays, and their their stick is kind of like they're trying to pull films that are sort of from a time, a lost time, like a, like a like a, almost like a snapshot of, of a of a time gone by. And this one is a wonderful kickoff or something like that. This thing is pure 80s from the start. It's just a, a rush of of 80s the entire time. Uh, Vincent Spano plays a, a a gangster kind of guy, a mobster kid named Johnny, who kind of gets he gets put in a position where he has to make a choice whether he wants to continue down his road of of crime and and violence or if he wants to you know break away from that and and you know protect the ones he loves. Uh, Michael Winslow plays an outstanding supporting character named Lippy in this movie, who's Lippy. hilarious does a great job you know, really kind of tying some of these scenes together and, and and adding some levity. But this thing like you were talking earlier about how we went into Wonder Woman 84 looking for neons. Yeah. Know, for and sure. uh well, I'm going to get my neons and this is how <laughs> <laughs> so I got my <laughs> neons. I'm going to get my neons some neons. I this That's one a shirt is right there. <laughs> this thing is drenched in neon. Super cool. I mean it's a vis- it's a visual feast the whole time. It's just non-stop, that's the uh, the prime strength of the movie, is this incredible incredible photography of this 1980s New York City, wet slick streets, really really badass neon colors the way i mean they just kind of embrace the natural lighting on the street well too like the street lights even um st- uh, stop lights all that stuff combined with the actual lighting that they provided is incredible it's not the type of shootout movie you might expect it's not hyper violent but it's just this it's just this really cool glimpse into a into a night it's a one-night period where you learn about this situation that johnny's in and is he going to get out or not alphabet city i didn't know this but it, it's it's actually a neighborhood in manhattan I wasn't aware of that. And it's because it's like the only avenues in Manhattan there that are single letter names. Yeah. they do a really cool job photographing that at the beginning, towards the beginning of the movie, we get Avenue A Avenue B Avenue C as Johnny's driving his yeah. firebird, which is awesome. Yes. As he pulls this, he flies through the streets in this firebird. It is a slick, slick intro. The whole movie feels that way. It does not let up really well acted, really well written. Um, it was a great kickoff for fun city Editions And, um, one thing too, apparently, there were a ton of fire barrels all over New York City back in the day. Seems like every block outside, there's just folks just gathered, down these, yeah, down
1: these Come barrels
0: are warming up, Rocky. I mean, that's, take that's me back. right, right, yeah. Do 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 do, take me back. That's
1: immediately what I thought of. When yeah, you said yeah. That. fire barrels are the best. man. Yeah, it's it's
2: great. It's a it's like I said, great kickoff for for Fun City Editions. That's Alphabet City from
0: 1984, directed by Amos Poe. Check it out. I recommend it. Spectacular! The fun I think of episodes like this are to get you, the listeners, involved. And we had like kind of a prompt for this episode is uh, that we'd like to take questions, and we'd like to do this more often if there's a little bit more uh, participation. We got enough to keep us going, but we we want to hear what you want to hear from us, and you know, to take a uh, time out of our day to just uh, answer which you, you know, what you want to hear from Stephen, what you want to hear from Rick me any one of us or all three of us at the same time um we got a couple here that we're going to hit uh the first question we got let's start with you Rick what was the uh, first movie you remember watching in theaters that's interesting
2: who submitted that question real quick just so we can shout them out
0: that would be my uh that'd be my aunt yeah old uh aunt Rochelle shout, thank you very much. Aunt
1: Rochelle, shout out aunt Rochelle we appreciate you shout out Rochelle she's a clink we appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> Honestly, this was tough for me to remember. Uh the earliest one that I can remember going and seeing is the first Toy Story. Right on. In in Liberty Theaters, B&B Cinema 12. I still miss that theater. But uh yeah. You know, of course, when you when you go see a Toy Story film, you just want to go home and play with your toys. Oh, yeah. yeah. To make sure they're still where you left them, <laughs> right, 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 Where are they? You
0: right sons of...
1: Yeah. um I said, I, I think that's the first movie I can remember watching. I'm sure we maybe... I mean, it, that came out in 95, so I would have been five at the time. That was probably it. Wow. Um, but, yeah, Toy <laughs> Story.
2: That's uh, really interesting, because my movie was in 1995. Uh-oh. I was 5 years old as well. My first movie, I I can remember pieces of this day. I remember walking through the doors, and I'm not sure which one it was, but there was a like a little theater in the casino. Out here, it, I I a can't Maristar, remember which maybe. it might have been a Maristar. Regal? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it might be maybe it was, but I remember walking in to the theater with my with my parents. And I was, like I said it was, I was five years old. The movie came out in 1994 and it is The Lion King. <laughs> I remember the, you know, I, I, it's hard to say if I remember the movie from that because, it, you know, I've seen it so many times growing up and stuff that it's just, it, it's, it's hard to it's tell hard, with yeah. where I picked up the memories of these movies, but I do remember the screen and I, I remember it. I remember sitting in the chair. At five, somehow mm-hmm. feeling like you know, I couldn't tell the difference. I didn't know like what was, it was real this and what massive window where. I don't know exactly what happened to me that day. I like to think that there was a little bit of something there that led to here. <laughs> but man, I yeah, I can remember that that giant screen and and just and going into the theater and sitting down and and yeah, that was just such a such a long time ago, but. What a what a what a cool experience
1: for a little kid to see yeah, that. That had to be that has to be so surreal. Oh, you know, man. as as you're I mean, I, I can't remember it as as vividly as you can, but yeah, I mean we probably had twenty inch TVs max in our living rooms oh, all that yeah. time. Max, yeah. The tubes. So man. yeah, you' just a small and then you go to the big screen, it's gotta be just crazy. Yeah. As a child. But well, well gotta tell you.
0: My uh, my first screen's a little bigger than yours. I'm not trying to, you know, outdo here you course, here. Yep. I'm not yep. trying to outdo you here. Okay. So, I don't know how you guys have spectacular memories as you do. And I'm sure that my mother, my aunt, my father, all these people are going to correct me here. But, like, I know I saw movies in theaters before this. I know I did. But the first one I remember, like, vivid, you know, vivid <laughs> uh, memories of. Yeah. Is Godzilla from 1998, and I saw that at the Twin Drive In.
1: Yeah. To tie
0: back into our opening, I remember seeing Matthew Broderick up there talking to the giant lizards, you know? And I remember turning Very around good. on the other end and seeing The Truman Show. On the, like, I didn't watch The Truman Show, but I just remember looking, I was like, okay, lizard monster, Jim Carrey. Lizard <laughs> monster, Jim Carrey. But uh, if we're going just straight Cineplex, like, I, the first movie i remember seeing twice in theaters and this was a couple of years after well like when i really started going to movies more and more uh in the summer would be the mummy returns oh wow was yes. the first movie i openly remember seeing twice and i remember my sister and myself were talking to my aunt cuz we spent summers there quite often and we're like we uh, what do you want to see this weekend we're like well let's go see the mummy returns she's like we saw that a couple days ago and We knew, but we wanted to see it again. You got the pygmies, the blimps, the whole business.
1: Fantastic CGI. Yeah, you got you got
0: the Dwayne Johnson scorpion monster. That showdown between like the Anubis army. Oh yeah, was the Magi? Magi, yeah, and they killed it. till death. I love those movies. (laughs) Till death, incredible. Not three. I I don't know that I've seen. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't see it. I think um, I own it. <laughs> I just said, oh, I own it. Don't see it. So, uh, Godfather, Godfather. <laughs> Look at my handwriting. It says Godzilla, 1998, and uh, Mummy Returns, baby. Those are the ones. Oh, I didn't and, know. And like any... I, I knew, I yeah, I was alive in 72, 73. For Godfather. no, I just didn't realize that you got
1: two. But I guess.
0: I oh, come on, <laughs> <laughs> Scott Bag Cinema Returns. Scott Bag Cinema. <laughs> Rick, uh, you want to kick us off with the second question?
1: Yeah. Um, so the second one we got was, I believe, from Chris King. Yes. Right. Uh, the movie that you love that nobody really knows about, and <laughs> I had to think about this one because I love a whole bunch of movies that I I tell people about, and they're like, I'd never heard of that in my life. Strange Wilderness.
0: Oh yeah, strange. Yes, Jory Cheney and I saw this together.
1: (laughs) I was at uh, state for tennis, and we were watching that in the hotel room. And I, I didn't know what to think of this movie. Oh my god! So, I mean, like a long story short, it's basically about a wildlife show tracking Bigfoot. I need to see that. I haven't seen it in years, man. That one killed me. Uh, it's it's hilarious. It's Steve Zahn. Steve, Steve Zahn. Zahn. Excuse yeah. me. Steve Zahn. Uh, Jonah Hill's in it. Uh, who's the guy with the eyelids? What's um, he's from? Accepted. What's his name? Um, J. Jay... Barishow? No, uh, Justin Long. There right? it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it's it's their their wildlife show. Who they kind of inherited from their dad? Well, at least the name of the show uh, is failing, and they have to do something to get their ratings up. Uh, their Their slot, their time slot, is like three thirty in the morning, <laughs> so they're <laughs> they're completely screwed. But they get this bright idea to go chase Bigfoot. It's them just going on their their wacky adventure. <laughs> it is if you like dumb movies. I promise you, you will love Strange Wilderness. (laughs) That's funny. Check it out. I need it. I haven't seen that in years. Years. just being...
0: Wasn't there a shark in that too? I'm not it
1: trying to remember. <laughs> sh- nobody's gonna know what they're gonna like. What this, well, Yeah, that's one super- of
2: the. Yeah, people should check out if you like if you like just goofball
1: comedies. That's a good one.
2: I, I hadn't seen that in forever.
1: <laughs> I mean, at one point, a guy tattoos eyeballs onto his eyelids so he could sleep in the middle of their their like meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, man, I'm really
0: excited you said that one because that really makes me want to go home and watch it. Yeah. Like I mean right now I'm going to go home and watch Prisoners in Strange Wilderness. It's going to be a weird night. For it's me. going to be a very strange wild <laughs> night. Steven, I'm really curious to what you got.
2: Yes, uh so my movie that I love that no one seems to know about is from 2008, pool
0: Son of a You this, knew he was going to snag it sooner
2: or later. My pick. This is a movie that who I can't remember because it's been such a long time since we saw this movie, but how did you come about this movie?
0: Well, there was some dirt ball <laughs> working at a blockbuster with a surfer hair and a surfer hair, yeah. <laughs> some obnoxious name. He's like, "Hey guy, hey it, guy, you he what is bleach blonde at the time, bleach right? Blonde. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah looks my guy Steve. And oh yeah, yeah, you, you way to give away the ending, and then uh, it was hey, me. It, it, it was steven <laughs> It was steven He made me watch it and I'm the better for it. it this movie page. is one of the
2: most original takes on the zombie genre that I've ever seen. Um and and there's a lot to pick from. It's it, this thing has sort of picked up a lot some steam in the horror community in the past few years and rightfully so it should. But from what I can gather, I mean this is a criminally under underseen movie. This is directed by Bruce McDonald. It's got Stephen McHaddy, who is one of my I love that guy. He's so good. He stars as Grant Mazzy in this movie. He's sort of like this I don't say washed up, but he's a recently fired uh, shock jock, and he makes his way to his new job at this radio station in Pawnee Pool. It's a small town, little, it's almost like it feels like it's in the basement of a church, you know? Like, this thing does not have a legit, I mean, the studio's small, and they're just kind of broadcasting out to this small town. Lisa Houle, Howell, we'll leave both of those in there, because I'm not quite sure on the (laughs) episode. He's coming after us. Um, plays Sidney Breyer, who's the producer of the show. And you got uh, Georgina Riley playing Laurel Ann Drummond, who's kind of like that right-hand lady. Um, this thing came out with the tagline, Shut Up or Die, which is on the front of the movie, and that grabbed me initially, which is the reason why I picked it off the shelf. And there's a reason for that tagline for sure. Um, this movie uh, is, is actually based on a novel. That's something that I recently learned. It's called Pool Changes Everything, which I want to pick up and read because... This thing is just so much fun. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting take on the zombie genre. And another interesting fact, just side note Stephen is actually married to Lisa Howell. He is. They're married in real life. Yeah, they uh, got kids. Before or after? I want to see during. I mean, they got, I mean, this was in 2008 and they got kids. I'm did pretty sure. did not know that.
0: Yeah, I, which is really interesting. Funny. Their relationship's really good in the movie. And it's like, yeah. oh. He's one of those guys that just showed up after. I, I didn't know who he was before. And then, like, watching old episodes of X Files, I'm like, Stephen McHattie? Like, he became famous to me through this movie that nobody's seen. Thank you, Stephen.
2: Absolutely, man. Just, I'll give a little, little, um, insight on the, the way this thing tweaks the zombie mold. Um, this is a movie where speech transmits the virus. Um, Bruce McDonald, the director, he had a very good quote on it. I'm just going to take it straight from him because I could not put this any better. He says that, the the victims of this virus are called conversationalists as opposed to zombies. In describing the stages of the virus, McDonald says, There are three stages to this virus. The first stage, you begin to repeat a word. Something gets stuck. It's usually words that are terms of endearment like sweetheart or honey. The second stage, your language becomes scrambled so you can't express yourself properly. And the third stage is you become so distraught at your condition that the only way out of the situation you feel as an infected person is to try to chew your way through the mouth of another person. Very...
0: Pretty dark. Very visceral. Very visceral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bit. Way to really bring us all down.
2: And I'm just gonna say, I want to soapbox for a second here because I, I you know, this movie, uh, I've, I've kind of had some people when I've told them about this premise before, they kind of roll their eyes a little bit at how it could be a zombie movie that's effective. No. In today, okay, today's climate, like as the way that we communicate. Today, like the way, especially with the way social media has impacted us and the way we communicate, makes a case for this movie. It's um, it's not spoken word as in potty pool. It's not terms of endearment. But dude, on if anybody logs online, you see angry, vicious words being spewed about between people, right? <laughs> yep, <laughs> they travel around. It's 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 it, and they travel so quickly, and people just share them, you know, without without sometimes without even having to type them themselves. Likes, shares
0: zombies the the thing that always always gets me is like when you're younger even today when you say a word and it does not sound right yeah either either you hear it or you're thinking that doesn't sound right say it over and over and over again how a a certain word becomes foreign to you that's not a word that's crazy that's gibberish that is the premise of this movie to me. And people lose their freaking minds and zombies.
2: It's an interesting concept, especially how he approached it with like the terms of endearment. Like we use words that don't end up meaning anything. Like we talk about these things that are like really, really these words have weight, but yeah. if you use them so much that you forget what they mean, we become monsters. We don't have any identity. We're just, we're a horde and
0: we'll tear each other apart. Wouldn't it be terrible if one of those trigger words is dirtbag? Cause <laughs> we'd be eating each other right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, I'm I'm just saying, if anybody yeah, has, sauce. if anybody has any barbecue problem, sauce. like understanding how like words could be infectious and and you know people can attack each other with words, just open Twitter, dude.
0: Open <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> that's body pool though. Um, uh, yeah, that's the movie that I love that everybody seems just not to know about. I'm gonna go with 2018's. Annihilation. Steven, That's one I've been
1: meaning to catch. Have you, have
0: you guys seen Annihilation? No, no, no. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> you see, I have my phone out. I'm going to read you the IMDb synopsis just because like, I don't want to give anything away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to tell you that I went and saw this movie when it came out, meet a friend. Um, I don't think there was anybody in the theater. If not, maybe one or two other people. This movie hit me so hard that like hours after the movie, I was just like going over it. I was like, did I understand it? Did I get it? This and that. Um, here's what it says on the internet movie database, right? Uh, a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition in, expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. That is true. But it's also directed by Alex Garland, who is the guy behind Ex Machina, which is another spectacular think piece, right? So uh, Natalie Portman and crew, very, very strong female cast, go into this uh, place that seemingly the rules of nature don't apply, called the Shimmer. And uh, they all have their special skills, and they go in there trying to figure out why it's here, what's going on it is like I said this before to somebody and they kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but like my answer to kind of a 2001 in its execution towards the end, it's very thinky, but it also has the visuals to back it up. It's gruesome. in some scenes, there is a scene with a, a bear monster. Oh God. That is one of the most horrifying things you'll see. And, I don't say that because it's going to make you, like, scared forever. I just say, like, when you see it, it's not what you expect. Uh, When you get into The Shimmer, everything is not what you expect. And it, to me, is almost the perfect sci-fi film because at each turn, you don't know what you're going to get. And (laughs) I love it. And it seems like when it came out, like, I don't know if it was the... um, marketing campaign or what's going on, but nobody was there to see it. Nobody opened it with open arms. But when you're looking at the reviews of this thing, like people are considering it to be a modern day masterpiece a- as with, X uh, ex Machina. but not a lot of people have seen it. I think it's one, even if you don't like it, you could have a conversation with somebody about it. And that's my favorite kind of movie. Uh, you guys need to see X, Mo- X ex- and also, Go see Annihilation.
1: I've been wanting to see it just because of the cast. I like the ca- I, lo- I love the cast. They're great. So I think yeah. that's also on Hulu. If I'm, uh,
0: I'd, I'd have to look that bad boy up. But uh, have to catch that, I, one if for you're sure. looking for just pure visuals alone, I mean, yeah. And I'm a big fan of bear monsters. <laughs> I mean, the bear mon- <laughs> the bear monster scene is a standout. Man, it is on uh, Prime. It's on Prime. Okay, on Prime. Go ahead and check that. But, but the bear monster scene sticks out. There's a crocodile monster, too. There are monsters. Just all the Very monsters. monsters. There are flower monsters. The, th- the whole thing. There are monsters. <laughs> I'm shivering
1: over but here. My
2: allergies are already choking me. There are, the are to dare polish. I say,
0: alien monsters? That's the thing about this movie. We're going to talk about it for a while. Yeah. Like a, that sounds now, cool. I need you guys to see it. Cause I need to talk about it.
2: Oh, I remember being blown away by the preview and, and. and you didn't I, see it? Well, and that's Drop the, the thing is, cause I think it did sort of, well, I saw the preview way early. Um, I remember seeing it. Ugh, shit, I don't remember what movie I was at, but I remember seeing it it's like, this is coming out. And they, I, I don't even know if they had the release date on it when I saw the trailer it was just coming soon or something yeah. like that. But yeah, maybe it was to your point. I, I don't remember a giant hype train behind Annihilation, but it was a very, like, very striking movie visually. Yeah,
0: it's- Absol- oh, killer, man. Like, uh, there's some of the sequences towards the end that remind me of like a midsummer. Like, like I said, I hate to use the word thinky, but like I was walking. I remember vividly walking around Walmart going, do I understand this movie? Do I get it? Is this what happened? And I I love that, but I also hate it. It makes me feel dumb, but it also like you got to talk it out sometimes. You got to do that. And this movie absolutely did that for me. Awesome. And it's spectacular.
1: Very good. I love it. Yeah,
2: I'm going to catch that. For sure. All right, well this uh this next question here is um, is a tough one, I think for, a, for pretty much anybody who's a who's Not that it, tough. It's it is a it is a tough question if you're on the spot. You know, we kind of we kind of picked this one up late and we we made our decision and this is sort of like a knee jerk reflex here, but your favorite sequel to to pretty much any movie. So what your what's your favorite sequel film? It doesn't have to be the Number two, this can be any sequel to any movie.
0: Gun to your head. There's so many... I mean, there are a lot of good sequels, right? Oh, yeah. But Gun to your head, what is your favorite sequel of all time? To me? I mean, right now, I'm wearing a shirt that says Arnold is numero uno. So... Writing's on the wall. Writing is on the wall. It is not... Kindergarten Cop 2. It is (laughs) not Kindergarten Cop 2. its not kindergarten cop 2 it is, in my mind. I mean, Aliens is up there. It's up there. It's almost a perfect sequel. You got so God padding two. the
2: hell out of your answer with the things no. that I was saying. That's hard. <laughs> I am gun I to am. your head. I'm, I'm saying I'm gun to my head. I won't
0: say anything else. The absolute perfect sequel, Terminator Two, T2 Judgment Day. Uh, so good. You have hero Arnold. As the T-800, he comes back to uh, pretty much do what Michael Behan did from the first one, try to prevent Judgment Day. He's going to stop the big, bad um, machine people from taking over. And it's just so good. I mean, if I had to say, the only negative is Edward Furlong. That voice! ah, That 90s leather jacket, slick back hair, puberty... Voice of his, oh my god! When he, you know, spoiler alert, when he died in the new uh, Terminator, oh, I got seen that one. By the way, he gets murdered right out the gate.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's so that was, good! That sounds like a dark fate for him. <laughs> oh, and best joke That's of the cast. That's how we do it over here, at the Dirtbags. Uh, goes us.
0: to Rick Teat, best joke <laughs> of the you know, cast.
1: You know how we coming?
0: Uh, but without a doubt, Terminator Two, Judgment Day. It's got everything it's got the action it's got comedy it's got everything you want it's almost a perfect sci-fi film it is a perfect Arnold film he actually gets a you know gets to act a little bit which i know it's hard to believe he does a little bit of acting in it but uh jim cameron always brings the heat with the special effects and it's just it's just a fantastic movie it's a it always pulls you in terminator
1: 2 t2 rick t i chose Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Um, Temple of Doom. <laughs> my favorite parts in this movie are short round. I didn't expect that. You did not. That is a
0: great... wow. Hey.
1: You know how we coming? <laughs> short round. You call him Doctor Jones doll. You gotta. Hey lady. Love it. Hey lady. <laughs> um, oh, right out the gate, I, I love that entire opening sequence when he's dressed up he's actually dressed as bond oh <laughs> i mean, noticed that he is dressed as bond all right um you know you get anything goes da, wonderful da, da, da. Melodic anything number. Goes. i forget her name kate capshaw what's her name in the movie blondie blondie i'm <laughs> uh, just annoying the no, entire movie i but... mean
0: uh, don't say that because i mean spielberg ended up marrying her
1: I love her. She's just such a fantastic <laughs> actress. Yeah, she's so good. <laughs> it gives me... I haven't felt anxiety a lot like when they jump out of the plane with the... Um, raft. With the raft. Yeah. I hate watching that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just a fun... It didn't stack up quite <coughs> to Raiders, to me. Not not quite, but, no, I thought it was a a great sequel, and... You had a lot of fun with it, so Temple of Doom. I gotta tell you, I love you, man. I love you. Uh, is- <laughs> I, I'm full of surprise.
0: It man. is number four for me in those. I love every single one of them, but if I had to make a ranking right now, gun to my head, Temple of
1: Doom is number four. Good, good. I thought about picking uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I didn't want to get laughed at. So you picked
0: Temple of Doom? Oh, man, that's the best. Steven, come, come in. What Let's you got? bring it home. We're going to bring
2: it home with um, a sequel to a movie that I... Oh, my God, I hold so near and dear to my heart. It's going to be Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is one of the most imaginative, off-the-rails horror films. And the thing doesn't stop. It's pedal down the entire movie. Adrenaline. And it's... It is incredible just Sam Raimi beauty for the entire picture. And you know, the Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, like I guess I hold a holds a spot in my heart too. It's just such a an innovator. I mean, the way that it, it kind of changed the game and what he did with the camera and in those in, in both movies, but really just how he set that tone for what horror could be. You know, Bruce Campbell is off the chain in this movie. There's nothing he he's 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 completely let loose to go crazy. His facial expressions, his he, the way he emotes, the way he moves, the way he deals with these creatures—the the Necronomicon. It's right? so fun
1: to watch. Oh my
2: god! It is it is a blast of a movie. It's unlike anything else you'll ever see, and that's that's the reason why I settled on this. Like you know, we could list off a a handful. You know, it's hard to pick, but it is Evil Dead Two is going to be my choice simply because it is a movie that I think is. In a class of its own when it comes to
0: originality, uh, 100%. It would be a close second or third for me. Evil <laughs> Dead 2. I mean, can you count it as a sequel though? Because it's kind of a remake, but whatever. I mean, you no, your, it's not. You make your own rules, that's fine. That's false. Uh, Steve Bag Cinema, Steve Bag Cinema. I
1: don't know, I think it is, and it isn't. It is not a remake. Ding, ding, right? son of a!
0: <laughs> Listen here, the thing that gets me about this movie on the second, third, fourth, three watch is the comedy, man the the slapstick, three stooges, poke him in the eyeballs, a hundred percent on my wavelength. Couldn't agree more. Evil Dead Two, killing it. Um, We're gonna wrap it up. With one ra- more question. Wrap it up. We got
1: one more question. Who 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 uh, who wrote this in to us? So, yeah, it was actually Mark Wilkins. He tweeted this to me. Who is an up-and-coming actor or actress that um, you know, nobody knows of yet? Steven? I'm going to go with uh,
2: Sophia Lillis, who plays uh, Beverly Marsh in It, uh, Part 1 and 2. She also played Gretel and, Han- Gretel and Hansel that just came out recently. She is a very talented young actress who I think is one to watch. Uh, I I think once she gets that, that role, that kind of um kind of where she can sort of break out of the uh the mold a little bit. what she was able to do in these two movies, she conveyed emotion. She did such a good job in as leading with Gretel. I think that she's right around the corner. I think she'll be on a lot of bills that we'll see. Um I'm really impressed by her so far. So yeah, my my pick is uh Sophia Lillis. I liked her a lot in the movies.
0: Yeah. She was really good. She was she seemed way more adult than the rest of the cast. Yeah. In, and then, you know, some of the, child the cast. some <laughs> of
2: the content that she dealt with in that was, you know, a little bit, a step up, I don't want to say a step above, but it was a little bit more mature material than some of the others. And she handled it so well. Very, 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 very talented actress.
0: Absolutely. Um, mine's also in the horror, horror adjacent realm. Very good place to be. I uh, picked Miss Jessica Roth. From the Happy Happy Death Day franchise, it's the wildest thing. Like it starts out as kind of a uh, what's it, like a what's the Gopher movie? With Groundhog the, Day. Yeah, that's the movie. Uh, Groundhog Day scenario where she keeps dying back and forth, and it's a super comedy. She's getting fucking just ruined every day, <laughs> and she really leans into her her comedy chops, which kills me, and uh, so much so in the second film too. She is bubbly. She's bright. I think she has a great uh, career ahead of her. Jessica Roth. Check it out. She's
1: pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. What you got, Rick? I thought that movie was called Gopher Day. Gopher Day? (laughs) Mole (laughs) month. I'm gonna be real short and sweet. Got jokes? Best (laughs) jokes of the podcast, Rick T. I'm just. (laughs) I'll say it again. You know how we coming. (laughs) (laughs) Winston Duke is my pick. Hey, Um, coming in with the heat. Yeah, um, he was the dad in the movie Us. It's, you know, he's your typical, like, you know, he just wants to watch the football game and he's coming with the dad jokes. He's all excited about the boat. Uh, he's just got a charisma that I really like most people know him from Black Panther and, um, the Avengers as M'Baku, which he's, you know, just big behemoth badass, but he's also like got a little bit of comedic charm to him. I'm looking forward to to seeing what he has in store going forward. So Winston Duke is my pick. Anybody who can pull off the dad jokes like he did
0: in Us, he's got <laughs> my respect. That's my guy. <laughs> he's a, he's a good dude. Um, you guys got anything else to add, or I think that's um that's a,
2: that's probably a good place to wrap the episode. Uh, I, I I love doing these. It's it's a lot of fun to kind of bring in some some questions and get some feedback. We do want to, want to uh, an episode, but we get a lot of questions in. You know, it's kind of cool to to take some time and it will peel back some of the aspects of movies that we maybe don't talk about all the time.
0: Absolutely, love to hear from you more. We want to, we know, we want to know what you want to hear from us.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And and in order to get that information to us, we are, as always, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all three at Dirtbag Cinema. And if you want to send something in via email that's at the dirtbag cinema at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up. We are excited to hear from you and I I suppose that's a that's a wrap on episode 4. You got anything else?
0: Uh nothing except see you at the cinema dirtbags. Sounds good.